0: Okay,
1: everybody. Let's take it from the top. To all who comes to this happy place? Welcome. Hi, ho, everybody! Welcome back to Disney Plus US, the weekly version where we are talking about shows that are exclusive on Disney Plus. I almost forgot what this entire show was about, Mitch. But we're talking about Hawkeye.
0: Your brain's still scrambled from having to watch Into the Woods.
1: Um, You know what? No, it's not. It's not. My brain's always scrambled. (laughs) I mean, there's that too, yeah. Into the Woods either made things better or worse, but you can find out all about that on our normal episode this week, talking about that 2014, I want to say hit, but it
0: reduction.
1: Yeah, we have different opinions on that one, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about episode three of Hawkeye Echoes. Damn, dude. Okay, just right off the bat, let's give spoiler-free impressions so we can go full spoilers. Oh my God, I love this episode.
0: It's the highlight of the series thus far for me. And I think what this does best is it doesn't leave a lot... Like it, At this point, we have seen most of what we've seen in the trailers for this show. There's not a lot of big beats left to get from the back half of this series now that we're halfway through it after two weeks, which is just mind-boggling. But I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with this. There were things I wish I knew that we'll probably get answers to in later episodes that would make this a perfect episode for me. But the way that it stands now, it's still, you know, one of the best episodes of television that Marvel Studios has put together for Disney plus
1: yeah, this was easily my favorite episode so far. Um, this show just keeps getting better and better for me. The story beats they hit in general are super interesting and it sets up like just enough room for me for speculation that it isn't like you know the oh Mephisto's gonna be the bad guy kind of speculation but there is just enough Realistic stuff here I'm watching Mitch be in Say spoilers saying. already <laughs> and from this point on Spoilers Kingpin's it. in the MCU And I'm so excited Oh my god This is gonna be great Kingpin's in the MCU Yeah that was so Totally Kingpin
0: Vincent D'Onofrio In the MCU Proper Thank god
1: Dude it was literally Like the black suit And black shirt Underneath it entirely It was so clearly him
0: he looks a little more built than he did in daredevil too. So I think they might've like, there were rumors that they might've padded him up to make him look a little more menacing. Like he does in the comics, probably not to into the spider verse levels, but I'm excited (laughs) to see what this incarnation of the character looks like, or if there's any explanation to the change or it's just like, no, this is who he is
1: into the spider verse levels where that dude is a truck.
0: I mean, he's supposed to be Kingpin is supposed to be a truck. So given that there's a little like, what marvel studios did for netflix was very interesting in that it stayed in very grounded other than you know magic fist powers and unbreakable skin and science experiments and um one like of david Tennant's best the performances out there
1: stuff was out there but it was still grounded within the world
0: the, yeah the characters that were native to new york were very much grounded and i think vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin was one of the most uh interesting characters in any of those shows and i'm glad to see that he he's at least survived the netflix snap of uh forgetting (laughs) that those ever existed
1: yeah like you can't do you can't do marvel you can't have a marvel universe that has spider-man and moon knight in it and not have daredevil or kingpin like kingpin is a main spider-man villain
0: i'm very excited everyone yeah i'm very excited about the possibilities that this character introduces of, yeah, we're getting some outlandish craziness with Spider-Man in a couple of weeks, but we also know that Amy Pascal from Sony pictures wants to do more Spider-Man in the MCU. And I think a story of, you know, him trying to stop the Kingpin from taking over New York uh, or filling the gap created by the Ronin over those five years that he operated of just, you know, taking out all the heads of, crime families around the world, including we see here, uh, tragically not tragically kills um Maya Lopez's father. And I think we should get into talking about Maya a little bit because I love the way they introduced this character and gave her her time to shine. Um understanding her origin, that's where we get the Kingpin reference and that I mean
1: even before that, this deserves so much praise. Cause there is no dialogue for the first eight minutes of this. There is. But the first eight minutes is from Maya's perspective, and Maya was born deaf, so she cannot hear.
0: Yeah, I also really appreciate that they, not only is Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, you know, bringing representation for the deaf community into the MCU, which is fantastic to see, that we've now gotten two deaf and one hard-of-hearing heroes in the MCU in the last month. Because uh, totally we did have a. forgot
1: about her in, uh, in Eternals.
0: Yeah. Uh, Makari, I think it was Macari, in Eternals. Like,
1: she's like the best character in Eternals, yeah. too.
0: And uh, I love that the. So the fact that. I love that Marvel went out and cast uh, a Native American deaf actress who also has a prosthetic leg. And they worked the prosthetic leg into this in a way that it was. People looked at it or looked at Alakwa Cox, uh, the actress, um, the fact that they've weaved her prosthetic into the narrative of this character in the MCU, of everyone else looking down on her because she's got this disability, and her looking at everyone else being like, no, it's, it's it's not. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And just wrecking everybody she came up to, and really does highlight how her losing one of her senses Seems to have heightened another similar to another character, which may or may not cross over from the Netflix shows into the MCU. But I'm getting a a couple of weeks ahead of myself.
1: (laughs) I think her um, Marvel, yeah, Marvel is in this thing a lot with um, with prosthetics in particular, where they aren't really a big deal in the MCU. And That's really because most of what we've seen from them is in like the space stuff in Guardians of the Galaxy, where. It's kind of a joke with Rocket. Or otherwise, it's that's just normal. That's just normal for these space worlds and yada yada. Or we see it with uh, the Winter Soldier, Bucky, White Wolf, whatever he's called now. They never really made that one clear. Um, with, like, this is his thing. Like, they've made jokes about it. Like, I forget if this was in the comics or in, the, in some show. Or, actually, no. I know for a fact it was in the comics where he's sparring with, I want to say Hawkeye, uh, and he's like, you're focusing on the metal arm. Stop focusing on the metal arm.
0: Honestly, for me, I have a theory about Rocket that may come to pass in Guardians Theory, or maybe it doesn't, that this fascination that Rocket has with collecting um, prosthetics has something to do with him either trying to build himself a more regular body, because he has such body dysmorphia over the experimentation that's happened to him and kind of maybe he's working to, working through that by doing this i don't know it's i don't know that's maybe me going thinking a little too far into yeah things, i've but. always
1: kind of taken it as a thing of like he knows that he is put together by parts and pieces and he was this is how he gets some small little bit of power over that with himself but yes. we're not here to analyze rocket raccoon that could be like no a whole hour of another podcast
0: And I'm sure it will be once Guardians 3 drops, but we're here to talk about episode 3 of Hawkeye uh, and bringing it back to kind of what we see in this beginning portion of the show of introducing Maya. And I really love the juxtaposition of the introduction of Kate in episode 1, where the worst day of her life is highlighted by Clint saving her life. And we have Maya Lopez here, where the worst day of her life, the death of her father is also interweaved with the, with the story of Clint Barton, maybe not Hawkeye, but the Ronin. And the, the way we've got these two characters kind of on polar opposite spectrums when it comes to Clint as a person, um, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go with this in the next three episodes.
1: Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to find out because we're at a point now where it's all but confirmed that Clint is going to have to tell both of them that he was Ronin. Like, that mm-hmm. is something that he has to deal with. And we're getting this story right now on their side of this. He's finally opened up to um, Kate. And they're getting this bonding over them. Like, I love the mo- that Maya destroys his hearing aid, which is a whole other plot point we need to talk about, because that is amazing, this back and forth between her being deaf and being like, you're relying too much on this technology, um, that's that's a
0: big that's a big that's uh, a point of controversy within the the deaf community of you know ASL versus the use of technology to try and augment uh, hearing loss and actually I've I don't know if I've told this story publicly on a podcast um, when I was in university I lost ninety eight percent of the hearing in my right ear for a month wow. um, no like doctors didn't know where it came from. Um, it just overnight, I had sudden severe hearing loss in my right ear so much so that there was nothing. I had, I had basically no hearing in that ear and it took about a month of, uh, steroid treatments, both oral steroids, as well as direct liquid steroid injections through my eardrum into my ear canal to try and stimulate the nerves back to, you know, doing the thing they're made to do and having this thing work. And thankfully it worked. I do suffer from tinnitus, which I have for the last, like, what, seven, eight years at this point. It's just this constant buzz I have in my ear. And to see, like, I don't feel like I'm a member of the deaf community, but I feel like there is a part of me that can relate just from those experiences that I've had. And I'm lucky enough that my hearing was restored and there are other people that are not as lucky and, When I was going through that myself, I thought of like, okay, what, what are alternatives? Like, can I get a hearing aid? Can I like, what can I do? Cause I need something. Cause it just, it's so disorienting, not feeling like yourself and not being, knowing your body is stopping you from doing a thing that you know it can do. Cause I had normal hearing for 21 years. And this episode was actually kind of emotional for me, of you know, reminiscing on that and seeing what happens to Clint when he loses the hearing aid and it's gone. Like that's sort of how I felt for a month when it was just my hearing was gone and trying to figure out what the problem was and finding remedies to it. And it, uh, yeah, it's it 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 hit home for me. And I think the uh, accessible like or the representation of those with physical or non physical or non visible uh, disabilities. Is It's fantastic to see Marvel going to places that other people in mainstream media, like Marvel Studios, like this is the biggest film franchise of all time. And they're going places that you wouldn't expect a mainstream audience to want to go. But they're taking people there anyway, yeah, whether this, it yeah. comes to, yeah, like, a, like Shang-Chi opened with subtitles. And we've now had, you know, deaf or ASL and subtitles for deaf characters in multiple MCU properties. This is great. For
1: just the entirety of Eternals. This new phase of Marvel is so based around diversity. And I like, you, you love to see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, this is one where it's like, speaking of the desktop, I could not be more of an outsider. But I remember very specifically in the um, Mad Fraction Hawkeye run, which is obviously what, <laughs> if you saw literally any of the promo for this, what they're basing this off of, they have an entire issue with no dialogue because he loses his hearing aid it's just the fact that they were willing to do that for this episode and use that with its story advantage of like there's that moment with um clinton kate on the subway where it's like they're saying the exact same things but they're not able to communicate and kate just keeps on communicating like normal or then she ends up helping him talk to his son and it's like it pulled. They pulled her heartstrings so well. It was. It just made me happy watching this episode and seeing these two characters bond.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really great to see. And I think the fact that losing his hearing aid is as it puts him at such a disadvantage throughout the rest of the episode, whether it come to communication with Kate or just understanding what's going on around him, it it really it can be that disorienting. And I I like again, it's it's it, I can relate because it sort of happened to me for a a short period of time. I can't imagine living with that. So to see them tackling this in a way that brings some levity to it, honestly hurts it a little bit for me because it's, it's very serious subject matter. Uh, It is good that they're able to, you know, weave in that Marvel, like the, the sense, like the, the, the levity that, that Marvel properties tend to bring, but It's, yeah, a it's a fine line you walk when you start tackling, you know, more diverse issues in your, in your projects. And it's just something to be cautious of, but I'm, I'm still happy in general to see as much representation as we have, um, over these last few Marvel properties.
1: Yeah, they have that, they've been doing that thing with the shows, what if being the exception where it's like, oh yeah, by the way, this show is about X, but we're going to make this really poignant point about Y. Like, WandaVision makes a very, very big point on grief. Falcon and Winter Soldier is literally about racism. Like, I love that this isn't just a, oh, the Hawkeyes are having fun on Christmas. No, there is, there's a whole other le- level to this.
0: Yeah, the, the, I think taking it away from the talk of, of disabilities and looking more at this as, as Clint. Clint having to redeem himself for the actions that the Ronin took. And we hear in this episode that the Ronin is dead and that Natasha did kill the Ronin. And she was in a sense, that is true. Like he's not lying because she brought him back. She brought him out of that. And now he's kind of, you know, trying to mend fences or, or, or do right for the wrongs that he brought to many people, Maya included. And like, we don't, at the end of the day, I feel like Maya and the tracksuits are going to be more anti-hero than villain and that we're you've still yet to see the reveal of what is the larger, you know, behind the scenes like who is running the New York crime scene now that the Ronin presumably took everybody out. And I still have my theories that it's it's Kate's mom in this in this incarnation of the character and the fact that we've seen almost everything that we have expected to see from the series that the car chase here. Phenomenal. I didn't expect to see it in episode three.
1: Yeah. I, really I expected, expected this to be
0: like a, a big thing towards the end.
1: Mm-hmm. And now so I don't an, know what to think. What's an interesting other wrinkle here is that next episode, they should be introducing Yelena. I would think
0: so. Yeah. I'm because surprised we haven't seen her yet. She's either. slated
1: for three episodes. See, I didn't know that. Um, oh yeah. I, I admittedly had that knowledge just, from the research that I do for the show and being mm-hmm. on IMDb far yeah. too much. But it's also that thing of, like, he mentions that, yeah, Widow killed Ronan. And we have this other story of Clint kind of having to accept that he is a hero. He has this, these role models. And what's really interesting to me is, like, yeah, the, the show was kind of pitched to the general audience when it first came out of Clint teaching Kate how to be a hero without superpowers. Yeah. It's not that. It is Kate teaching Clint that he's a superhero.
0: I think it is is that, but there's also an element of passing the torch here. Like when they're on the subway and Clint still can't hear her and him calling her the world's best archer because she is owning up to her abilities and like using them for the right reasons as opposed to using them to show off. And this whole thing feels like it's just building up to Clint retiring or taking on more of a mentorship role for maybe the Young Avengers, and I just saying, going to live with the family. He's
1: going to lead the Young Avengers. It's it's so set up for that, and I would just I would love to see that because that's kind of his role that he's been in the MCU. Like weirdly enough, for Hawkeye, if you're a bigger Hawkeye fan, he's kind of been a dad character for everybody. Which is really, really weird for Hawkeye. I really need to emphasize this <laughs> that's is weird for Hawkeye, but I love it.
0: Yeah, I think I, it's it's interesting too that we get Kate being like, Oh yeah, this is the costume I always imagined you would have, and getting that classic Hawkeye look on a napkin. And then just being like, No, this is stupid. But it's her kind of thinking through what it means to be a hero when it comes to, you know, protecting your identity and things like this that she hasn't done well in this series, because The tracksuits immediately know, yeah, Kate Bishop is Ronan because she's not good at it. And this is, in the first episode we get, um, or the second episode I think it was, we get um, their interaction of like, yeah, you haven't really taught me anything except how to shake a tail, which I already kind of knew. And I feel like the more interaction we get, the more he's teaching her what it means to be a hero and her kind of realizing what her Hawkeye will ultimately end up being or doing or... Standing for whatever the case might be, and I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I really hope that they end up going the route of, um, I mean, because I'm with you with I think the mom's gonna be evil. Like, I'm going full, full theory with this, but I really do think that by the end of this, mom, Kate's mom's gonna be evil, she's gonna be on her own or with Clint, and we are going to see that version of Kate, which is one of my favorites. Like, Clint or Kate's, my favorite story of Kate's is she moves to California off on her own and starts a Detective agency and she has to figure that stuff out. Like I would love to see that. And I think that
0: could tie in well with we get the hint at you know, she's crashing at her aunt's place, who's uh in LA, and in the comics, the character whose place they're crashing at is actually the woman who like sets up the West Coast Avengers with their headquarters. So maybe they're not we're not calling them young Avengers. Maybe this is setting up the West Coast Avengers, which Clint will lead with a bunch of these new up and coming heroes who need that sense of like leadership from someone who's done it before.
1: Remind me of something. Shoot. And I'm I'm in theory mode right now, so my apologies. That's okay. That. Is Agent Carter canon? Yes. Okay. Cuz they introduce a character in that that could I could very much see their that persona coming back. That character being Madame Mask.
0: So my, my theory, the, my, like, on. my ongoing theory is that the mom is Madame Mask and she is the one who's kind of taken over the New York crime scene. And I think she's dead by the end of the series, but not by, uh, like, it, it'll be an accident or something or it'll be the tracksuits or Echo that do it because they'll be more like anti-hero than villain. And in the post credit scene for episode six, the new head of the New York crime is... Uh, is is the kingpin, kingpin. and really echo echo's series deals with that i think any subsequent spider man films have to deal with that i think the blade film probably deals in that a little bit with uh,
1: the connections
0: with the black knight and moon knight
1: we'll never get it just because of the way that the characters are in this world but in the comics they did this amazing thing with the kingpin where the kingpin becomes mayor of new york the um, Mayor of New York has been held by a few different comic book characters. One of Norman Osborn's been
0: mayor of New York at one point. J.
1: Jonah Jameson was mayor, and that was a fun time to be reading Spider-Man, let me tell you. I can only imagine. Um, he literally has an anti-Spider-Man task force um, and wastes the entire mayoral budget on hunting down Spider-Man, but that's beside the, the point. Kingpin does this amazing thing where he puts a ban on all heroes except for Spider-Man. And he does this amazing thing just to ruin Spider-Man's relationships. We'll never see anything like that. I, mark my words, we will not see that in the MCU. But God, I would love it if we did. I,
0: I just love that we're setting up for a world in which Spider-Man, like, assuming they are able to fix whatever spell Doctor Strange is casting and no one knows who Spider-Man is, of setting up you know, him being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man we've wanted. From the MCU. Like, I don't need more Iron Man Jr. I need Spider Man to be Spider Man. And this is the film that'll kind of do it. And for me, it's going to be a bit of a reset to the character, which I want to see more interactions with weird New York based heroes. I want to see interactions with the Fantastic Four. I want to see interactions with, you know, Ghost Rider and Blade and Morbius, even. Like, I want the weird stuff everywhere, not just the MCU. I want the weird Sony stuff, but we're not here to talk about Spider-Man, well, even I, though everything in New York is about I Spider-Man. Made that comment,
1: I made a comment last week. of It feels really good to be back in New York. Yeah. And I think we're back in New York. I think New York is about to become once again, the center of the MCU.
0: I need to know who bought Avengers Tower. Is it the Baxter building or is it Oscorp? It's got (laughs) to be one or the other. And (laughs) I I need to know.
1: I love how many times the ref is like, yeah, Tony sold that a while ago. We don't know who's there. and We won't until the freaking Fantastic Four show up.
0: What if it's Kingpin?
1: It won't be. No way. I know it won't be. No way. way. Kingpin has his stuff. Uh, Let's talk a couple moments, though, about this. That were just absolutely hype as fuck. Uh, First off, that fight scene just in general. It's amazing in the warehouse.
0: As soon as Clint gets his bow, it's it's, it's over. all hands on deck. No one gets out. Mm-hmm. It's so good.
1: And then the thing that has to be mentioned is the PIM particle arrow.
0: Say all of the trick arrows, honestly. The PIM particle arrow, great. Yes. As soon as I see PIM on the side of it, I know what's happening. I love that we got the USB arrow here. Just because it was useless and just bounced off the guy. Yeah, but one has, one has one one been one. used both in the comics and, or not so much in the comics. I think in the comics, the USB arrow is another gag arrow that Kate just plugs in like a USB drive.
1: No, it's been it's we've, used to, like, uh, they use it legitimately to, like, grab information off of people's computers and more of the spy stuff.
0: Well, and that was used in Avengers to, you know, cripple the helicarrier. Yeah. And it was used to great effect in Marvel's What If.
1: Oh yeah, it was.
0: It was a a major plot point in those last two episodes. <laughs>
1: yeah so, yeah, kind of like wildly important and saved the multiverse. But let's let's remember that. A little bit. Just a little bit. Um and then yeah, there's kind of one one like major, major plot line from this episode we haven't talked about uh, at the end when they go and break into uh her mom's penthouse because there's there's two major things to talk about here. With first off um, Kate getting locked out of the system. So her mom clearly knows what she's up to now. And, um, Jack, oh, I know his name's Jack. Please just tell us his name's Jack already. Um,
0: uh, my, my hope is that cause Kate's been talking about this Jack. I don't know if she's, she said Jack to said, Hawkeye. So his right? name is Jack. Yeah. His name is so, always
1: Jack. I'm betting you he changed his name from Jack to Jack.
0: That's what I'm thinking because. Clint hasn't really keyed into it and the fact we're going to get this confrontation between Jack and Clint in this next episode because in the comics the character that Jack is is the swordsman who was Clint's mentor and trainer. So what does that mean in the MCU?
1: Mark my words. Theory time, put the theory hat on. Do it. Partner before Natasha. Shield partner. That before
0: would be Natasha. interesting. What I would what I think would be cool and it's kind of the way it's been portrayed thus far. And if they just leaned into it, what if he's just a Ronin super fan?
1: That would actually be kind of dope.
0: So Kate is the Hawkeye super fan. Jack's the Ronin super fan. They're both fan fanning out over the same person, but they don't know it and they're going <laughs> to find out and it's going to be wild, but I really hope it is the, the, or like, we get more of an origin to Clint and where he was trained and that yeah, Jacques or Jack yes. or whatever name they give him.
1: They're much closer Eyes in, in age than they are in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Which like, Here's the thing to remember about the comic books when they first show up. Hawkeye's like in his 20s when they, he first shows up. And the swordsman's in like his 40s. Yeah. <laughs> like this, There was a father-son relationship here. I really do think that they have to be related. Like, You can't have these characters in a Hawkeye series and not have him be a villain of some sort to me.
0: You can say that, but also Trevor Slattery
1: yeah fair enough
0: Marvel is not shy about making things seem like like dead ringers for being what you think they are and only to you know take it in a whole other direction which is what I think is going to happen here with the mom being you know this crime Kingpin not you know Kingpin Kingpin but other it it there's a lot of words going on here but ultimately I think <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's in and I there's don't, The King Pit.
0: <laughs> we, we've been theorizing about this series for a couple of weeks now and, you know, for months prior to it actually starting. I'm just excited to finish this ride out. The next three weeks are going to be super cool, and I can't wait to talk more about it with you.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the one more thing I want to mention before we wrap this up is kind of just the general feel of the show. Every, every show so far throughout the MCU has had its own feel. This feels the most like actually watching an MCU movie that we've gotten so far to me. Like... Yeah, yeah. Soldier was kinda there, but they hit that episodic formula much more heavily. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like
0: they've done that here too, I think. But like the episodes have ended on major cliffhangers. The first one with the reveal of Kate, the second one with the reveal of Echo, now this third one of the reveal of Shock with or Jack, sorry, with the Ronin sword that we, you know, you presume is what killed his uncle. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this series shapes up. It does feel very episodic from that stance of like everything's ending on a cliffhanger. And I really wish we'd gotten a two part finale and not a two part date uh, premiere because that last week is going to be. Oh, Oh, it's going to be so hard to wait for that last episode. I can already feel it.
1: It's all right. You won't have to worry about it. You'll have, we'll be freaking out over Spider-Man at that point.
0: (laughs) That is very true.
1: Dude, I am like legitimately terrified for that week as far as recordings go.
0: It's going to be a good time. Don't worry.
1: Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait.
0: But wait, wait, Griffin, Spider-Man isn't on Disney Plus. How do we handle that?
1: We just do it anyways. It's our show. We can do whatever the hell we want. Hells yeah. You can't stop us. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I guess this is the official announcement. We will be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, if
0: you want to come on and talk about it with us, feel free to reach out to myself at Mr. Mitch George on Twitter, uh, Griffins at Griffey, D-Pad, G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D, or the show directly at D plus us.
1: Whoever DMs us first on the official account, I'm going to give a prize or something too, because we've never gotten a DM on that account. So that's that's your notes, folks. Mitch, don't you dare DM me right now. <laughs> don't you dare. Mitch is Mitch is not included in this prize. Um I'm just gonna tell him that I can't shift things to Canada. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the DM now to come in. <laughs> Anyways, folks, that's gonna wrap up this week's episode talking about Hawkeye. We are gonna be back next week for episode four. If you want more content from us, go ahead and check out that into the woods episode and make sure to keep an eye out for our normal episodes this month as well obviously we're super excited for spider-man but we're doing two christmas episodes
0: also if you have any ideas of how i can punish griffin for making me watch into the woods please dm me directly so that he doesn't know what's going on (laughs) so again that is mr mitch george on twitter
1: i'm just gonna get a message one day it's like i have a show planned and i'm just gonna be like oh no (laughs) no, you'll never
0: see me coming
1: We do have uh, two Christmas episodes coming out. So if you are in the holiday spirit from this show, go ahead and keep an eye out for those starting with our next episode. With that, we will see y'all next week. Have a magical day.